0: to Andy here's the 80s, our best album of the 80s, March Madness Bracket. We are here in the Sweet 16 round. I'm joined, of course, by my co-host Aaron Keck. How are you, Aaron?
1: I am good. How are you?
0: Doing good. We've got some exciting things ahead. We've got these albums narrowed down two rounds in now. We've cut the chaff. It's just... Wait, which... Yeah, you keep the wheat, you get rid of the chaff, right? That's how that works? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, good. We've just got the wheat. All the chaff has been discarded.
1: We threw away some wheat as well.
0: There's been some wheat discarded. Let's There's been some wheat
1: discarded. We've got a little bit of chaff left, too.
0: (laughs) I don't know about that, but there's definitely been, these were 64 great albums we started with. We're down to just 16, Uh, so tough decisions have been made thus far. Tough ones are ahead. Uh, but let's not dally any further. You can, of course, cast your votes for these matchups, which might be different at this point, uh, over on our Twitter page, at Andy it, We are keeping track of all of those votes there as well and keeping a se- second bracket going. Uh, I'll remind you at this point, or now that we're about halfway through, any tie-breaking proceedings, uh, the tie will go to the album that we chose in this bracket for the Twitter polls. Uh, if it's a tie between two albums that we had eliminated already on our bracket, it'll go to it said the higher seed before i think that still is the way i'm going considering that means that the world at large has chosen that one right by the R.
1: the the best selling album as it were yeah exactly
0: yeah uh, so that's how that'll go uh, but get your votes in so that doesn't happen we had one tiebreaker last year we had to use our tiebreaker for uh, but it was still between two albums that we or two songs from rem that we had chosen the toughest one of it of course uh, the toughest one of it i
1: did I did not vote- I do not vote in the in the Twitter bracket because i, I want to let uh i want to let the world decide had I voted uh it would have been night swimming <laughs> over losing my religion and then that one would have gone on to win because that's that's clear between night swimming and losing my religion like that's clearly the final, no matter what round it happens to fall in like yeah. those two songs are just going to keep advancing and advancing until they run into each other
0: mm-hmm Yeah, if they had been on opposite ends of the bracket, that would have been the championship That would have been the final, yeah. But now let's get ever closer to what the championship might be for this bracket. We will start with our first matchup in the Sweet 16 round over in the early 80s arena division. We have number one seed Michael Jackson's Thriller up against the number 12 R.E.M.'s Murmur. Tough matchup.
1: It is tough, I think. And the, the other two albums in this bracket are Purple Rain and Born in the USA. And I, I said this in the, the last episode or two episodes ago, and I'll say it again, that in this particular bracket, there are three albums that stand out and then 13 others. And the three albums are Born in the USA, Purple Rain and Thriller. Uh, and whatever you can say about Murmur, I think thriller still still takes it on this one i don't i don't think there's any comparison
0: i think yeah for me i would and have listened to murmur more times than thriller Mm -hmm. i think it is probably not wrong to say that well of course it's not because it sold a bajillion copies in the entire universe but thriller is of course an unstoppable the spice
1: girls it doesn't necessarily mean you know (laughs) Sales don't necessarily equate to quality, but I think in this case it does.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I of course think Murmur start to finish a better album, but because there are genuine stinkers on Thriller, whereas I don't think there are for Murmur, even if there are ones that are not your favorite, but
1: yeah. I mean, I, I am, I'm also happy to, and, and now I've, now I've got to go back and say, I don't hate the Spice Girls. I just like, that's just <laughs> the, my go-to generic. They're fine. The, you know, wannabe right. is great to become one is great. Uh, but I think if you want to, if you want to to pull the upset and, and move murmur ahead of thriller, I'm okay. Cause I'm, I'm saving my chips for our next matchup. So
0: I think I'm, if I'm it's good on,
1: either, I'm good either way.
0: Well, let's see if, if we're talking chips, I, guess i would be willing to give murmur up before a different one i don't know
1: mm, mm, mm. <laughs> i'm a, i'm a, i'm about to make a real hard argument for born in the usa so uh mm. we might end up having to toss a coin on that one so, so because you are right like thriller is and I mean, we've said it a thousand times like thriller is four great songs and five not great songs uh whereas murmur is much more consistent all the way through so
0: mhm Well, let's see. I think if th- Thriller's going to go out, I mean, it could go out the same way it did in 1983 when Rolling Stone named Murmur its album of the year over Thriller. So it would be apt. I didn't I know that.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's that's cool. All right. I'm uh, I'm I'm no one to, uh, to diss Rolling Stone.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm doing it. Let's advance Murmur. I All think right. it's a better album. All right. Okay, now for the real matchup of the early <laughs> 80s arena division. <laughs> All right. I'm leaning Purple Rain. You're leaning Born in the USA. Why don't you go yes. ahead and tell me what makes Born in the USA the better album? Uh,
1: Born in the USA... Uh, Prince, has, Prince has lower lows. Um, I know... I mean, Born in the USA from start to finish is, I think, the... the and maybe maybe others will disagree with me on this. People can hold up other albums, but I think Born in the USA is Springsteen's peak. I think this is the I think this is like the definitive Bruce Springsteen statement of just Reagan era, blue collar. uh dis disenfranchisement like dis disaffectation, but also with this uh this kind of sense of hope in the end uh i think the i think the band behind him is playing at the absolute top of their game. The singles are fantastic. You've got Born in the USA. You've got I'm on Fire, Glory Days. Uh, Dancing in the Dark might be the least of the singles, which is saying a lot because that's a great song. And then you look at the the songs behind uh, the singles. You've got Cover Me, which was supposed to be a Donna Summer song that he decided to keep for himself because he liked it so much, and now it's definitively Springsteen. Darlington County working on the highway, Bobby Jean, which has just this great Clarence Clemens uh, sax track. And while Purple Rain, the song, is definitely the best closer uh, of the two albums, Uh, My Hometown might be arguably the second best closer of all the albums that we've encountered and definitely top five, I think. So I don't even think comparing closing tracks... Uh, where Purple Rain peaks, Purple Rain has that much of an advantage on Born in the USA. Um, and And Prince is definitely a more, Prince is definitely more willing to experiment and take risks and chances. And on this album, as with all of his other albums, that leads to really high highs and also really low lows. Like there are some songs that just fall flat for me. On purple rain and that doesn't happen on born in the usa and with born in the usa it's not consistently oh this song is good this song is good this song is fine it's this song is great this song is great this song is good this song is good this song is great like it's it's such a high bar that he sets even on his worst songs and then exceeds it half the time so that's that's for me
0: i think those are all valid points i think that I don't find, of course, the, the low on Purple Rain, the low singular probably it being Darling Nikki. Uh But I also think that there is an argument to be made that, and you even mentioned it in our best songs of the 80s, that this, like Born in the USA and Glory Days, the songs have been so widely misinterpreted when it's really not even difficult if you read five words in the lyrics to those songs that they're not... What you know, it's an album that exists in the Reagan 80s and is essentially rallying against them, but was completely co opted frequently for basically the next 40 years by the exact people it was targeted to. And I think you have to ding it a little bit for being maybe too bold and poppy to that the message went over so many people's heads. Uh, yeah, you know, and I, I would, lying. I would,
1: nec- I would say that about the song "Born in the USA" just sort of removed from the album and on its own. But I think if you sit down and listen to the album start to finish, by the time you get to, you know, some of the downers like "My Hometown" and, uh, uh what was the um downtown train uh and a couple mm-hmm. of others like deeper into the album i don't i don't think you miss the message if you listen to the album all the way through i think you ding the single for that but not the album
0: uh, uh, i don't know i think 15 million people in america bought this i can't imagine that they all but not that it necessarily needs for all of them to get it to for that to be a success but i i think to me also as i'm listening to it regardless of the message the the whole time I'm listening to it, I keep waiting for something for me to be as good as Born to Run, because that's the song that I think of when I think of Springsteen, and song that I keep trying for him to best, and for me, none of them do. And so I kept, I even went back, I and we might, well, I know for sure we're going to talk about more Springsteen in the future, but I think to me this album is less consistent than. Even that album was Born to Run, which I think is a better, not necessarily hard rock, but it rocks more for me. And even the Clarence Clement saxophone is even better on that, though I think that uh, Bobby Jean is a great, great song as well. But so for yeah. me, I kept waiting for this one to be more than it was, whereas Purple Rain, I don't think I've ever wanted anything more when I'm listening to it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I don't. I don't think it's it's necessarily fair to to ding this album because it doesn't top Born to Run. I mean, that's one of the greatest songs literally ever made in rock music history. That's like it'd be like me listening to Exile on Main Street and saying, "Yeah, but is there anything on this album as good as Sympathy for the Devil? No. <laughs> yeah, I can I can throw this album in the garbage. It's fine. Uh,
0: yeah." I don't know. For me, I think for Purple Rain, if I'm going to make the argument for Purple Rain, I think you're right. Prince is someone who experiments constantly. And I think this is an album that transcended because of the amount of variety on it and the amount of experimentation that paid off in such grand fashion. I mean, you've got the opening track, Let's Go Crazy, is something that it's a both a mission statement for the story behind the album as well as just like Something that sets off the tone of the record and then goes right into like kind of a more psychedelic song like Take Me With You. I think he has such variety on this album where you're going to hear something different every time you, you listen to it as well. And I think even something like Darling Nikki, which is not the best song on there, still serves as a great transition point in the album from one song to the next. Or I think it just has such a great flow, start to finish, and of course, cr- you know, ending with Purple Rain, as a fantastic closing track. Uh, uh, yeah, this is tough because right? I think these are bo- both probably two of the ones we feel most passionate about in the whole bracket. So I think. Let me let
1: me ask you let me ask you this: What is the point mm-hmm. of Purple Rain?
0: The point of Purple Rain, I think it's th- yeah, it's having that love that forlorn love that he kind of hokey uh, brings up in the movie, but you don't have to see that to know that. I think it's a longing. It's a passion. I could never steal you from another. I think it's, it's having some or knowing you could have something, but you never actually will. And just seeing that's what turns the rain purple, so to speak. I think you're standing there. It's the, it's a dark night of the soul, but you had that moment where you felt it and you knew that it could be. But even though it's never going to be, that's the that's what I get out of Purple Rain.
1: Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hon- for me, honestly, like if it weren't for the last four minutes of that song, Purple Rain, I would not really care too much about this album at all. Uh, uh-huh. If I
0: mean, it's one of the best builds, yeah. In in. Of any song, I think. That's why I had it. It was, it was when the I was listening to it song. and I
1: got to I got to Purple Rain. I got to the final song on the track or final, final track on the album. And I was saying to myself as I was listening to it, like, I, I literally do not know what is great about this album. And then it builds and, it builds and it builds and it builds and it finally gets to that climax at the end. It's like, okay, now I understand why people like this song so much. I'm still not clear on why people like the album.
0: Yeah, I think and and you know maybe I'm not able to convey it you know as well as I could. No, but I mean I I, think,
1: I I get where you're coming from with that. I think you did a good job.
0: And I think Sonic I th- just think sonically every song is so different while also still sounding like a cohesive album. I think there's you know because there's like purple Rain's like such just such a classic rock sound whereas then you also have something you know like I would die for you or computer blue that are like these drum machine kind of tripped out kind of art pop songs that i think are both still so great while also fitting in with everything else it's his most rock album while also being so wildly experimental in a time when i think experimentation was something that wasn't happening as much i don't think things were kind of more straightforward and synthesized in the 80s i
1: don't know really with all the albums that we've listened to (laughs)
0: <laughs> well that's kind of what oh that's like what kept me away for so long right the synthetic the, f- the fakeness of the of the 80s the artifice whereas i think this breaks that all down while also somehow embracing stylistically some of the new technology but also incorporating that into established rock and pop uh, structures i don't know for i me, thought one of the is, yeah you
1: know,
0: I, I think it's riskier also which i which i like i look for more something riskier whereas i think even Born in the USA is all it's like you said, maybe the best version of Bruce Springsteen, but it's not unexpected, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, these are these are all fine words. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ultimately, we're ultimately like your pick is Prince, my pick is Bruce. We're not going to convince each other, and both mm-hmm. albums are both albums are great, so there's not a wrong answer here. Yep. I do have two chips. <laughs>
0: If you want to cash in both of those chips, then I guess I would I'll I'll go for it now. Here you go. Okay. <laughs> all the chips we, are we off the are, table.
1: All the chips are off the table.
0: All right. Born in the USA advances over the best album of the 80s Purple Rain.
1: That was fun. That <laughs> was good. That also means so I assume that's your first final four pick that's out, right?
0: Yes. I, yes, yeah, it definitely is.
1: So, so we are we are now even on that because because we dropped to uh, Tracy Chapman in in the first round. So we've each mm-hmm. got three final four picks left.
0: And I also think it. And you know, we've the decisions made already. But tr- that fast car is another one where it's a beautiful pop song that I think by holding off that chorus for so long, it gets away yes. with what born in the usa doesn't which is by so i i
1: 100 agree with that i think born in the usa just talking about the single i i do agree that it would be an even better song that it is if he had just done verse 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 chorus and held off born in the usa until the end i totally agree with that i think tracy chapman got it right on fast car
0: and that's why that's our consensus best song of the 80s Correct. And why it it exactly and why right. Born in the
1: USA made my top 10. But it's it's further down because because you're right. I mean, people people misinterpreted that song. And yeah, I mean, the the lyrics are there. You just have to pay attention to the verses. And it's it's not a it's not a hard message to miss. But people did miss the message. And that is that is partly on verse. Mm
0: hmm. But like I said, but, yeah, I've I, I well, yeah.
1: thought that for a long time and I'm glad you said that because <laughs> yeah, that's that perfectly captures that Tracy Chapman got it right and Bruce like missed an opportunity there.
0: Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll have other opportunities to explore maybe times that Bruce did it better uh, down the road. But yeah. All right. So that brings us into the early 80s club division now for the Sweet 16. Number eight, Curtis Blow, self-titled debut, up against the replacements, let it be. Uh, Should we just advance, let it be, and then... (laughs) Yeah, replacements, totally, yeah. Spent
1: so much time talking about Bruce versus Prince, but, I mean, this whole bracket was all about Bruce versus Prince. I mean, none of the other matchups that we've got from here on out. I think this is going to be pretty easy now. Uh This is very, this is very much like the REM bracket where it, where we wound up with Night Swimming and Losing My Religion in the Sweet Sixteen. It's like, well, what do we do with this? This is the final. Why are we doing this in the Sweet Sixteen?
0: <laughs> yeah, that that was for sure the Night Night Swimming Losing My Religion of this bracket right there. And now it's gonna be nothing but easy decisions after that for a little right. while. There might be a couple of tricky ones, but
1: I was going to say you don't like Bruce Springsteen as much as I do, so you're we're going to have some we're going to have some questions down the road, but <laughs>
0: That's true. It's still alive, so I am going yeah. to be have some other conversations to have, but All right, but the next conversation right now ahead of us is the early 80s club matchup between number 8 seed Chaka Kanzanotti, up against Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables from Dead Kennedys. Uh, are you st- you still leaning uh, fresh fruit on this one?
1: I'm still leaning Kennedy's, but if you're if you're going with Chaka Khan, I'm I'm willing to listen on this one.
0: I think I'm still leaning Chaka Khan for the reasons I advanced it over the Minutemen before, but also looking ahead, I don't I think Let It Be is stronger than either of them. So if you want to advance, I uh, I agree fresh with fresh that. Fruit. Yeah. All right, so we am I'm, I'm good with Ted moving.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm good with moving Chaka Khan forward.
0: Okay, let's do that then.
1: They're both very good albums.
0: All right. Shaka Khan advancing over Dead Kennedys. Moving into the late 80s arena division we have. Songs from the Big Chair up against Joshua Tree. And I think this is where it comes into... you know, my complaint I always have with Joshua Tree is the album sequence is completely off for me. Whereas I think one of the things that I found that I liked about songs from the big chair is that it is perfectly sequenced. So if we're looking album to album, I, am, I lean teen, uh Tears for Fears for that one still.
1: Uh, I'm okay with that. My the, the thing that I have learned from this March Madness bracket this whole thing that we've been doing in all these episodes is just how much you love songs from the big chair i did not know that did you know that going
0: in it kind of surprised me too it was something that like when going back and listening to it uh i was like man this is really great and then i've listened to it a few more times after that because i was like it was one that surprised me in the 85 episode when we listened to it season one uh just how good it was and how more than the singles it was but uh, yeah and then i kept coming back to it like and this is kind of like a really, really well-made pop album. Like, it kind of blew me away after a while.
1: Yeah. Because this is is another one where Joshua Tree, just like Thriller, which we talked about, is another one of those albums where it's like single, 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 the rest, and... Mm -hmm. I think now that we're getting down to the the very best of the best when it comes to albums, we're starting to remove those albums that are four great songs surrounded by, yeah, this is fine. And I, I do think that Joshua Tree is in that category, four amazing singles. And a couple of other songs on the album that are also really good, but then the rest of the album below it is fine at best. And yeah, I I think, and I I do think you're right that songs one through four are phenomenal. And then the rest of the album is kind of a letdown because Mm -hmm. you've just gone through one of the best four song sequences that ever got produced in the 80s, with the possible exception of the middle of Thriller. Uh, and then you've just got the rest of the album after that. And it's, it's not going to hit that peak. It's not going to come close.
0: Yeah. And and I think I would be, I'd be willing to bet that like of all of the millions of people who bought Joshua Tree, uh, how many people never flipped it over to side B of, of the record, like after they bought it? <laughs> you know what i mean oh
1: no they they had to because this was the age of cassettes so you're either you're either listening to side b or you're sitting there rewinding rewinding rewinding
0: <laughs> maybe that, yeah maybe that's true if you but if you were listening to the the vinyl record then you never flipped it over but yeah the cassette the vinyl really record active.
1: yeah you listen to side b once and that's it
0: <laughs> you know before we eliminate Joshua Tree i did put together a different uh sequence for the album that i think uh, breaks up those big singles and also doesn't uh, fade in fade out five times before the album starts uh, so i'll <laughs> i'll run down my my track list real quick that i think everybody should should put the joshua tree into and listen to this because i think it actually works pretty well and kind of makes those other songs stand out a little more when because they're, they're not bad songs but in a different sequence i think they're better so i think you still start with where the streets have no name great opening track still uh but then i go to in god's country as song two it's still a little more upbeat i think there's even a world where it Streets Have No Name kind of fades into it because they have that same kind of guitar jangle at the start. Uh, Red Hill Mining Town, you start to cool it off a little bit. Running to Stand Still and Mothers of the Disappeared, you get like a little bit of an interlude. And then I end side one with One Tree Hill. Uh, then side two starts with With or Without You, which makes another great side opener. And then followed by Bullet the Blue Sky, Kick It Up Still, Trip Through Your Wires. Uh, and Then Exit is the second to last song and end the album with I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. I think that's a better track sequence for me. I like that. And, so How much time go, did you spend
1: doing that, by the way?
0: Uh, you know, like half an hour.
1: Okay, <laughs> that's not bad. That's, like, not bad. that's
0: not bad. I listened to it enough times where I was like, okay, I think this is. I think I'm starting to see what what might make this a little better.
1: You're into the you're into the albums that that culminate with just lack of fulfillment, right? Because uh, you've got uh, this, this you, you're 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 winding up the your your ideal Joshua tree with I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You just got done talking about purple rain because of the sense of longing that's that's unfulfilled that turns the rain purple. Yeah, Replacement's best song is called Unsatisfied. Like how <laughs> how true. many of these?
0: And even yeah, even Let It Be ends with the answering machine where he's pleading that he wish he could talk to you and not just the answering machine, right? So yeah, maybe yeah. you're onto something. <laughs> look i like a narrative you know what i mean if that fits uh, yeah then... <laughs> you like a
1: particular narrative as well. <laughs> it
0: seems like it yeah all right well that being said this must also be,
1: be why you like sonic youth so much because it doesn't satisfy any want <laughs> or desire
0: oh sick burn <laughs> 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 all right tears for fears advancing over you two moving into late 80s arena division we have takes a nation of millions to hold us back from public enemy up against Whitney Houston. And I think, uh, are we doing the same thing since, since I think the full album of nation of millions comes closer to completeness than, than Whitney Houston does.
1: Uh, I agree with that. And I, I, I think, well, so one thing about Whitney Houston that I said back in the, the 1985 episode, when we were talking about this album, Whitney Houston has got, a phenomenal voice and occasionally like there are several great great singles uh, on this album as there are on on every Whitney Houston album the thing that just keeps sticking with me about Whitney Houston is that about half the time her voice just takes off so much that I like I no longer feel whatever emotion it is she's trying to convey because her voice is just so powerful and strong when she, whenever she's trying to be sad mm-hmm. usually uh her voice is just so powerful that it makes me so damn happy to listen to I can't get the I can't get the emotion from it which happens about half the time on on this particular album public enemy is I think a better album start to finish it's definitely more I think it holds up more today than Whitney Houston does although Whitney Houston still definitely holds up as we've said before it still sounds revolutionary today versus uh, 30 years ago when it came out no no change in that um and and sticking with your uh sticking with your unfulfillment dissatisfaction uh motif the the title of the album is it takes a nation of millions to hold us back and that is a on on the one level a, a statement of power and strength and on the other hand it's also a reminder that there is a nation of millions and that it is holding us back and that message kind of weaves its way throughout the album too so if you're if you're going to hold up albums that are about dissatisfaction and unfulfillment and being held back, then it's got to be public enemy. Yeah. In spite of everything. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. The message of Whitney Houston's debut album is look at how great a singer I am.
1: I have a great voice. Yeah. Yeah. And she does like she (laughs) really, really does. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I agree. Public enemy advancing over Whitney Houston. All right. We move in now to our late eighties club division sweet 16 matchups we have the uh the matchup we've all been waiting for surfer rosa up against Danger <laughs> nation uh and i will uh i'll side with the pixies here i'll, I'll take yeah. uh kim deal over kim gordon
1: kim deal over kim gordon any day of the week the uh the dandy warhols have a song called cool as kim deal which just there is no cool as kim gordon song <laughs> to my knowledge
0: yeah and I do, th- you know, both of these were some of my original '80s albums, and I, yeah, do, I do think that uh, I probably listened to Surfer Rosa more than I did Daydream Nation, even though obviously I made a case a, a case for how great Daydream Nation is. I think Surfer Rosa it's also just got it's a little more of a tighter pop album than
1: uh, than Daydream Nation is. Was Public Enemy also in your original seven? Am I remembering yeah. that right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so actually we've got, there were five of those original seven that were in the bracket. Three of them are still, well, two of them now are still alive.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised Murmur wasn't in your original seven, come to think of it. Yeah,
0: well, we talked about it in the alternative uh, episode a little bit. REM, like, you know, I knew their major hits in the 90s, and I think I just kind of took them for granted. I didn't really dig in until we went back to the beginning like that. That's fair. They were just. Of course, now now you'll so be big.
1: throwing it all away and keeping tears for fears and only tears for fears. Right?
0: <laughs> I know, man. Maybe we'll see. Uh, all right, well, but speaking of REM, we have our next and final Sweet Sixteen matchup. We have number three seed Life Search Pageant up against the replacements. Please to meet me. Uh, two great albums. Which one are you leaning here?
1: Leaning narrowly R.E.M. on this one. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like Life's Rich Pageant a lot more than Murmur. And while Please to Meet Me is a great album, if you're going to put R.E.M. up against the replacements, I'm I'm going to go with R.E.M. every time.
0: I'm very slightly lean Life's Rich Pageant as well. Partially because yeah. I like Let It Be better than Please to Meet Me by a narrow margin also. Uh, so, And that is still alive. So, I'll, I, and I, and Life Search Pageant, you know, I've said it a few times, it's one of my favorite REM albums. I think it's a great start to finish record. And yeah. so it's pleased to meet me, but I think, uh, Life Search Pageant, I also just like slightly better. Agreed. All right. And that well, that's wraps good. We up. only,
1: we only actually disagreed once. That's good. Yeah. And or ca- twice, you know, in, I in guess, the, with uh, Thriller. Predictable yeah. Predictable way. Yeah. All right.
0: And to a less, low, lesser degree, for sure.
1: To a lesser degree. Yeah.
0: That wraps up our Sweet 16 picks. You can cast your votes at our Twitter page, at AndyHearsIt. See what you think is the best album of the 80s, and then we will be back soon with our Elite Eight decisions. Uh, Stay tuned. Subscribe to whatever podcast feed you use. Tell your friends. Get them to vote. And until then, Aaron, thank you for discussing these with me. Thank you. And we will see you again soon.